So Memorial Day is the day that we recognize those that have given their lives and we remember them that because they gave their lives that we are able to be free. So we honor the men and women who have died that have preserved our right to have religious freedom. It was bought by those who gave their lives. So we continue to fight for freedom and we have to believe that God is protecting us even in the light of the recent Manchester bombing and all the terrorist attacks that are going on, that we have to be alert and aware. Let the Holy Spirit guide you in where you go. Let him be your, your guide as you travel these earths. But know that, that God is with us. He's going to protect us. He's going to watch over us. Yes. And so, but we just have to be spiritually alert. Amen. So we want to honor, honor those that also served in the service, that, that, that came back alive. So if that's you, if you're in the service, men or women, you can stand up. Right now, I know Charlie served in the Navy. Anyone else? That Michael? What's, what branch did you serve in? Navy as well. Praise God. Thank you, Michael, Charlie. So they gave their lives, and guess who else gave their life for us? Jesus, Jesus gave. So we're going to receive an offering right now. And considering what Jesus did for us, the Bible says that God so loved the world that he shouted down from heaven and said, I really love you. No, he said, I'm going to send my son to redeem you. He gave his life for us. So if he gave his life for us, how much more should we give of the things that we have to the work of God to continue what God is doing? You know, I, I take a class in, in the master's class, and they, uh, they have this thought, what if the other religions overtook Christianity? What if we were op became obsolete? And I said, that's a rhetorical question. Jesus is on the throne. He's going to not let that happen. But we have to stand up as citizens of the army of God to take hold and to take fight. So as you contribute today, know that God is blessing you, blessing the church to take care of the things that we need to take care of to propagate the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. So let's pray. Close your eyes. Father, we just thank you that as we come before you, we can give to you, the Most High God. We know that you appropriate your blessings according to as we give. Your, your word says, as we give, so shall it be given unto us. If we sow sparingly, we reap sparingly. If we sow bountifully, we shall reap bountifully from you. We thank you that your word is true. So we give you the praise and the glory and the honor for it. In Jesus' name, and all agreed said, amen. amen.
Your praise is relentless. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Are you all excited? You ready to hear something? We're going to have some fun. You want to have some fun today? Or you want to just be like quiet, somber, you know, you know straight jacket type Christianity? No. <laughs> Amen. Well, let's pray. Father, thank you for bringing us together today. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you that it's going to enrich our lives, make a difference in what we do, because we're going to follow you with all of our heart, soul, strength, and might. Lord, empower me to speak your word to your people. In Jesus' name we pray. And all agreed said? Amen. Amen. All right. Our series is Being One with God. Now, this is an amazing phenomenon. Come on, talk to me. That the, the, that the God of all creation wants to come into his creation and live with us. Are we worthy enough to have God, holy God, blameless God, pure God come in and live with us? He said, I'm, I want to do it. I want to do that so I can change your life. You know, we had some people that donated some flowers, uh, trees and potted plants and gave us some furniture and some pictures for the church. Isn't that nice? God's already you know, bestowing blessings upon us. And so uh, as they're doing that, my mind is thinking, are they saved? Do they know the Lord? Are they going to heaven? So when everybody kind of cleared out, I go, can I give you a spiritual gift? They go, sure. I go, if you died today, would you go to heaven? They go, I hope so. Typical answer, I hope so. I said, well, you, how would you like to know for sure? They go, yes, we'd love to know for sure. And so I said, you know, it's amazing that you can call out to God and ask him to forgive you of all, of all of your sins, and you have a pathway, an entryway into heaven. They go, we know that, but we're not worthy. I said, yes, you are. God, Jesus died for you. And, you know, he'll clean you up as you go. You can't come in, okay, I'm perfect, I'm ready to go to heaven. No, he has to work on you before you get there. Amen? And it's not because of your righteousness, it's because of what Jesus did so that we can assume his righteousness in our lives. That's amazing, isn't it? That God would do. So they both accepted the Lord, and it was a beautiful time. They're crying and everything. And I said, thank you for the couches, and you're welcome. Eternal salvation. Praise the Lord. <laughs> now, this baffles the religious mind and the secular critics that say, how can God possibly come in and dwell with us and be one with us? They quote the biblical, non-biblical phrase, ah, God works in mysterious ways. No, he wants to make known his ways to you. Did you know that? In Amos 3.7, anybody know what Amos 3.7 says? It says, surely the everlasting God will not hide or do anything without telling his servants his prophets. In other words, he wants to tell you what he's going to do before it happens. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that great to know God's not playing, you know, secrets? And he's not playing hide-and-go-seek. He wants to tell you what he's going to do for you in your life. Where is it? It's in your heart. It's the things that you actually want to do. God will reveal to you and that he has a plan for you. Now, we may not see it exactly all the way because he says he is a, he is a lamp to our feet 
and a light into our path. The lamp means that he's, you know what your next step is, but you don't know the pathway until you start walking. And then he shows you exactly. Just like in this church, we came here we, by the Spirit of the Lord. The Lord asked me or told me to ask George if we could stay here over a year ago. I didn't know that he was going to be uh, moving on to other things. I didn't know he was going to say you can have the facility. But he saw the way we were growing, the love that we have here, the way we're taking care of the facility. He told the district supervisor, I think you should give it to Pastor Chuck. The Lord knew all this before it happened, but we were just going day by day, step by step, week by week. And I thank you guys for sticking with us and staying with us because now this is your property, amen? And so we're going to rejoice in it. We're going to do great things for the Lord, amen? And we're, I didn't know if you knew this, but they're building a promenade on the corner of Citrus and Covina. Promenade meaning there's going to have a bunch of shops on the, on the ground level, and then up, upward on top of it, like two or three levels, there's going to be homes, new homes and condos. So we got a whole bunch of neighbors that are going to move in, and all they have to do is just walk around the corner, and we'll be here, amen? Hallelujah. So God, he's doing things in our lives, not knowing, we not know exactly what he's doing, but we know where he's taking us, where he's leading us. And so let's see how Jesus prayed. He said in John 17, verses 22 through 23, and the glory which you gave me, I have given them. Now this is, stop, hold it a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> Did Jesus have glory in heaven? Yes, right? He, he had all of the Godhead bodily in him. He, was, he is God. He was in heaven. He had all the anointing, the power, authority. And he said, the glory that you gave me, Jesus, uh, Father, I'm giving to them. What does that mean? That means we have all the power and authority that Jesus had. As he is in this world, so are we. Come on, somebody get excited about that. You know, come on. <laughs> We're not living to our potential, are we? we? We need to be doing some stuff. We need to be making some ground and getting some headway and, and changing things in this world. He says, the glory which I gave, that you gave me, I, I gave it to them. That they may be what? One. Just as we are one, the Father and the Son are one. Jesus said, I only do those things that the Father shows me, and I see that's what I do. That's what he wants to do with us. He said, I want them to be one, I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one, that the world may know that you have sent me, and what? Have loved them as you have loved me. What? Did you read that correctly? That God, does God love Jesus, his only begotten son whom he loved? He, the Bible says he loves us just the same. Oh, that can't be possible. That he wants to just be with us and love us as much as he loves Jesus? Wow, that's pretty good company, isn't it? So I, uh, this phenomena of being one, one with God, we, we marvel at things that are in unison and in, in unity. And last week I showed this this slide about this, um, this uh, army. And, uh, you know, Mike was the only one that picked out that this is a North Korean army. Uh-huh. But they look so good, don't they? They got their legs up just perfectly, almost like the, the Radio City uh, rockets, right? I mean, all the rows, their head, they you know, equal height. I mean, this is perfect. But they're not on our side. So uh, I told Mike I couldn't find our side looking as good, but I did come across uh, this, other, this next uh, slide. Now, they look pretty good, right? They're the Marines. 
They look good. They don't look as tough, but they're good, okay? But the big thing, good thing, is they're on our side. And God is on our side. Even if we don't look perfect, even if we don't have our feet going exactly right, if God be for us, who can be against us? It's not in our perfection or our, our great way, but because God loves us so much. He's working for us even though we're not perfect. So let's look at this one scripture in Genesis 1, uh, 26. Gina has it. Genesis 1, 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Okay, God said that he's going to make, he said, let us, who's the us? The trees, the animals. He said, us, the Holy Spirit and Jesus. Let us make man in our image. Amen? We're the exact duplication and representation of God in this earth. We're not a fake. We're not a phony. We're not a copy. We're not a forgery. We're not a knockoff. You ever get those knockoffs? Sometimes the straps don't work and the buttons don't work. <laughs> We're not counterfeits. counterfeits. We're ambassadors, and we carry the same spirit, the same nature, the same character, the same identity, and the same function as Jesus. We're the exact representation of him. We're not, uh, you know, it kind of sounds like Jesus. Look, it's not resemble. We are Jesus in this earth. You ever see impersonators? Sometimes they impersonate. And, and it sounds like them, but it's not really them. You know, it's a funny thing about that, Columbo. He, he, he goes around, you know, and he, I don't want to bother you or anything. I just have a few questions. I just want to ask you a question. That's, that's not Columbo. It's like Columbo, but it's not Columbo, right? Love me tender, love me true, darling, I love... That's not, that's not Elvis. It sounds a little bit like Elvis, but it's a bad impersonation, right? <laughs> we don't want to be a bad impersonation of Columbo or Elvis or Jesus. We want to be the exact... That means we have to be long-suffering, kind, patient, all that stuff. You know, I was on a walk, uh, ride-along with the police officers this week. And they answer these calls, and the women have problems because guys are harassing them and all this kind of stuff. And they go there, and they just listen, 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 listen. I was getting worn out. I'm going like, whew, you have more patience than me. He says, well, I just want them to get it all out. I would have just said, okay, I got it, lady, okay? <laughs> Here's what you do, <laughs> you know? But they're, they have, they're, they're trained that way to be, you know, long-suffering. We have to be trained to be long-suffering. Is that right? Okay, let's look at this other scripture, Romans 8, 29, for Rebecca over here. For whom he foreknew, he always predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Amen. So, because of the sin of Adam and Eve, we, we, we got sin in our life. But Jesus came, and that we had to be conformed rearranged, restructured to be conformed into the image of Christ. Amen? So now, our, if, if, so, so Jesus got himself 12 disciples, 12 apostles, right? Now, if you were in HR, and if you were having a management consulting firm that come in and, and judge these guys, these 12 guys, do you think they would pass? Do you think they would be hired, Mary Ann's an HR consultant and you hire people. Let's, let, me, let me give you the rundown. Peter, well, he's a loud mouth. 
just says what he feels, no filter. Sometimes he's hot, sometimes he's cold, sometimes he gets it right, sometimes he doesn't. He's denied Christ. I, would he fit in the category? Would he be hired as a disciple? Probably not. Bad reputation. Bad reputation. Okay, how about these guys? James and John, they got anger problems. You know, when they didn't get their way, they said, should we bring fire down from heaven and consume them? And Jesus had to say, you don't know what manner of spirit you are of, right? And then they're a little selfish, too. They had their mother go and say, when you get into the kingdom, can, you can my two boys be sit at one on the right hand, one on the... Not good. Then you have Thomas, doubting Thomas. How could he survive? He doubts all the time. You tell him something that he just doesn't believe. How, he can't be a disciple. How about Matthew, the cheating tax collector, the guy that skims off the top and takes from his own countrymen, a traitor. Can he be a disciple? I don't think so, but God what does what? He takes them and he conforms them into the image of Christ. How about you? Are you a likely candidate? Were you a likely candidate to accept the Lord and follow him and be a Christian? I know some people that knew me when I was younger and now they know me now. They go, I don't believe you. What happened to you? <laughs> One guy said, you're so solid now. What happened? You know, you used to be kind of wishy-washy. And... Uh, so here's, here's a picture of the disciples. Next picture. See, see they're all together now. They're, they're cleaned up. No more fishing nets and stuff like that, but they're, they're in unity. And God wants to put us in unity. Let's look at this next scripture. Now, Jesus was the word who came as flesh to dwell among us. Next slide. But we are flesh who have to take on the word so that we can dwell amongst the people that are around. Isn't that nice? Isn't that a good little picture, graphic? We have to fall in love with the word. The word has to grab us. It has to be part of our lives. You know, I found out on my, my phone that I could do Bible gateway uh, reading of the Bible, and it, it'll, it'll read to me. I could just put it in my pocket and just go Colossians 1, Colossians 2, Colossians 3. And I just let it permeate my heart so that it takes control over me. And that way, I'm being, I'm a motorized uh, Christian guy, you know. <laughs> when somebody asks me something, I just hit, just hit play, <laughs> and I got an answer for them. Praise the Lord. So, so we are supposed to be Christians all the time. Did you know that? Yes. We're, <laughs> we are not trying to follow the Word of God. We're not giving it the old college try. We're not hoping, well, I'm doing my best. Uh, no, you're not. You're supposed to give your best all the time. You're not supposed to try it. You're just supposed to do it. You're not planning to do it. You're not fixing to do it. You just do it. Oh, I just can't do it. I can't resist temptation. You can if you want to. It depends if you want to or not. And when, if you get a big enough want to, the Lord will help you. Amen. I had the, you know, I was talking to someone. I, the Lord was kind of, in your sleep, you ever get like dreams in your sleep? You go like, where in the world did that come from? And I know it's not of God. And I said, devil, you get out of here in Jesus' name. And it just left, just that fast. Why? He's a spirit and he's roaming around seeking whom he may devour, whom he may bring down. I said, no, I am not going to fall for your tricks or your habits. We have to get that way. We have to resist the devil. And he will do what? Flee. 
So now the Bible is our instruction book. We're supposed to follow the Bible. Is that right? Now, how many of you, when you get a, a, a something new, like a table or a chair or a bike or whatever, they give you instructions, right? Let's look at some instructions. Now, I look at those instructions and I say, what? Who can follow that? So what do you do? You throw it away. You look at the box. You look at the picture. You go, okay, I'll put it together and I'll make it right. Exactly right? Now, after I get it together, I have great joy in my heart because I've done something. So I call my wife and I said, baby, come and look what I have made. <laughs> now, I don't get a big, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I don't get, oh, fantastic, because she has to come and inspect it, right? to make sure it's exactly the way it's supposed to be. So I didn't, I, I didn't marry just a, you know, easy to please. I, I married an inspector. <laughs> so when she comes in, the first thing she asks me is, what are all these extra pieces here? <laughs> and I tell her, those are just leftovers. You know, they just give you extra pieces. <laughs> You've heard that before, huh? So here's my creation. So I made my table. Let's see what it looks like. There it is. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. What a beautiful table that is, right? What's wrong with this picture? Huh? Miss Inspector, what's the problem? It's crooked. It's, it's, <laughs> it's crooked. It's leaning to the right. We don't know what it is. It's got pieces that I, we don't know. What's this piece on the left? What's that flap there for? I don't know. It's just the way it came. Yeah, why are the benches? Well, you know, I didn't follow the instructions. I just did what I thought would work. Now, let's bring it home. Don't we act this way? We don't follow the instructions. We did, we, we're leaning. Our personality is all crooked, and we I don't like that person, and I, I don't know why they do that. I can't forgive that person, and that person, and we just shoot off our mouth. We don't act the way the Bible says we're supposed to act. We've got to lean to us from all the hurts and the pains that we've had, all the fears and everything that we have, and, and we think we're okay. I'm okay. Yeah, yeah, no, you're not okay. You need some help. So this is a leaning uh, table, and I'm Italian. I'm 100% Italian. In fact, I went to the, I went to the, t the police department, and they said, uh, uh, I was sitting there, and they, they, they said, uh, what's your name, Canizero? And they go, oh, Italian. And the guy says, of course he's Italian. Look at him. He's Italian, okay? <laughs> but it's my heritage, because here in Italy, they have a tower. Let's see. The tower. The leaning tower of pizza. I want to tell you, okay? We think it's okay. It's just leaning a little bit. Actually, I was there, and you know what? It's not as glamorous as that looks. No, it's not. It's dirty. It's not as tall. It's just the way they do it and the way they clean it up. You know, like they have pictures of Los Angeles. It looks so pretty. It's, you know, it's not always that pretty. You think it's that pretty? Not as pretty as the postcard, let me tell you. That's for sure. But it's our city, okay? Right. Amen. <laughs> so, uh, 
So what we have to do is we have to get in conformity to the word of God. Not sometimes, not occasionally, not most of the time, all the time. That means we don't take breaks. There's no downtime. There's no backing off. There's no slowdown. You're not on a sabbatical. You're always on. Whether you're at work, whether you're on vacation, whether you're at home, whether you're driving in your car, hello, whether you're at your market, wherever you're at, you are a Christian. God is watching you no matter what you do. You are in uniform. You're in the Christian army. Hallelujah. Now I got a uniform that I just picked up here now that I'm official chaplain of the local police department. Let's see this uh, next slide. There he is. All right, that's a little weak, but come on. <laughs> but you know, the problem is you haven't seen me in action. Yeah, because when I when I go to action, boy, I put on, I I let me see the action right here. Here's my first set. I got a suspect right there. <laughs> Does that look familiar? What a criminal she is, huh? I I got her on disturbing the peace. <laughs> She's, she, now, she's a little sheepish, so I could gently lead her away. But there's others that you have to forcibly get. Now, this, this next, see, this one I got I to gotta haul off. So my first day, I've had a pretty good day. I got two arrests <laughs> because I'm on duty all the time. Are you on duty all the time? Are you looking for times when you can just, you know, Arrest people with the love of God. Overtake them with your goodness and your kindness. Amen. You're, you're ambassadors to Christ. Amen. So let's see here. Rosie, I think you're... Yes, Colossians 2, 9. Where's the... All right. Colossians 2, 9 and 10. For in him, Jesus, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him, who is the head of all principality and power. Isn't that amazing? When I first read that, when I first got saved, I go, that, 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 how could that be? In Jesus dwells all of Godhead, and Jesus is in us. So what does that mean? God is in us. The fullness of God is on the inside of us. We just have to let it out. Let him take control. Put the sails to the ship out and let the wind of the Holy Spirit take us. This is amazing. In him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead body. Okay, let's, now we're going to find out, because I always like to figure out how to. How do you become one with God? Are you interested in that? How to? We know that it's there. Jesus prayed it, but how do we do it? How do we align ourselves? So let's look at, there's three ways to do it. How to be one with God. First is worship. Second is fellowship. And third is partnership. We have ships on all sides here, right? Okay, so let's see. Richard is going to do our first scripture. Worship. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. 
So what it says right here, and they're talking about Moses. Moses would go up to the mountaintop and talk to God face to face. And he didn't have the veil on. And guess what? When he came down, his face shone with the glory of God. Isn't that amazing? You should be able to look in the mirror and go like, man, I got God in me. And so he would come down and he would talk to the children of Israel. But then after he did, he put the veil over his face. Why do you think he did that? After he talked to God and had the glory upon him. Because it faded away. And he didn't want them to see that he no longer had the presence of God. So he put the veil. Isn't that kind of, kind of uh, what, do, what do they call that? Huh? Sneaky? Not sneaky, but uh, more like, not, not the opposite of humble. In other words, he had the glory of the Lord on his face. He talked to them. He, they saw the glory. And then when he went away, he put the veil over his face because his glory was fading. And they didn't want, he didn't want them to think, okay, I lost it. Yeah, he wanted to keep it. He was proud. That's what it was. He was proud. So, so what the Bible's saying now in the New Testament, we have the glory when we go into the presence of the Lord, when we worship him. And when we come out, we don't have to put the veil over our head. It's still, glor it's still glorifying. It's just continuing to go from glory to glory to glory. You just get better and better the more you get older, the more you spend time with the Lord. Isn't that nice to know? So... Uh, we become what we worship. Did you know that? Did anybody know that? Yes. What do we worship? TV. We just sit behind the TV. Okay, talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> Some people can't even go outside on the nights that their favorite TV show is on. I can't go out on Monday nights. Sorry. Dancing with the Stars. <clears throat> Can you make it another night? <laughs> How about people that get involved in their sports team? Are these people crazy or what? I mean, you talk about a real fanatic. They got the hats, the gear, the everything, and they're shouting, they're upset. You know, ah, that's my team. Yeah, come on, you know. And if they lose, oh, they're so depressed, they're so discouraged. They, they literally kill each other, yeah, over, a, over their team that doesn't pay them anything. It's supposed to be for entertainment, not your life. You're not supposed to live, eat, and breathe it. And the football players are worse, especially if you go down to Minnesota and Green Bay and all those places, and it's zero degree, and they have no shirts on, and they have their letters on their bellies, <laughs> their hairy bellies. <laughs> I like that one commercial where the guy goes, I don't know why mom doesn't come to the games with us anymore, <laughs> because you guys act like a fool. They go crazy. That's what they worship. Um, uh, let's see. How about la ladies? Ladies? Ladies. Do you worship the clothes that you wear? <laughs> the baggage, the, you know, the purses that you have, the shoes, all the things. I got to have it. You watch TV, they entice you. If you don't have this bag, you're not worth anything. <laughs> you're out of step. You're no good. Right? So we have to, what we worship is what we become. Now, people wonder why I jump around when I worship, while I get excited and everything. I didn't used to always be that way. I was raised in a Catholic church, and everybody was pretty much, you know, somber, polite. We, we recite, you know, what they tell us to recite, and not even in English. I don't even know what I'm saying. Mea culpa, mea culpa, mea maxima culpa. I don't know what that means. 
Now I know, but when I was 10 years old, I didn't know. <laughs> Latin, yeah, is a form. Italian is a form of Latin. Dominus abiscum ecum spiritutuo. What is that? So we were very somber. In fact, when we changed from Latin to English, it was like, whoa, we're going to do the Mass in English? Well, well, that's a big departure. And then they said, we're going to bring in a guitar. A guitar in church? Are you kidding me? Were you crazy? And so then I went to a black church, got saved, went to a black church, and they got these people. <laughs> I'm going, what is going on here? <laughs> people jumping over chairs and everything. I'm going, they go, it's just the Holy Ghost. I go, it's the Holy Ghost. <laughs> I don't want that. <laughs> And I had a hard time just lifting my hands up to the Lord. You ever you remember those days? Or they, Lift your hands up to the Lord. You know. <laughs> Anybody looking? Anybody watching? <laughs> but then, you know, you get up, maybe you get one hand up, then maybe another hand. Before you know it, you're surrendering to the Lord. And you're giving him first place. So I didn't understand why these men and women of God in my black church, went so crazy in worship. So I asked them, and I looked it up as well. My son said he did a report on it as well. It comes from their slavery days where they were oppressed and where they were beat down. And so their only solace, their only recluse was to go at night and praise God. Hallelujah. And they got into the presence of the Lord and they were relieved in their spirits and in their minds. They found release and relief because the Lord would come into them. So they take that over into their life now in church. When they have situations that they're facing that are pressing them, they dig in even deeper into God to see God give them the answer for what they need. And I can remember one time, we were in a board meeting before church, and uh, I guess the administrator wasn't paying the, the taxes, the property taxes, and they, we owed $30,000. Come on, talk to me, $30,000. And so all of our faces kind of dropped, and they gave us a deadline when we have to pay it. And I thought to myself, wow, what a somber thought. So we go up, and we have church, and the pastor's just praising God, and yeah, jumping up and down. I go, did he not go to the meeting? <laughs> Is he okay? Does he not know that we owe that kind of money? And so I asked him afterwards, what's wrong with you? Why didn't you, you know carry that. He goes, I had to release it and I had to give it to God and I had to dig into him and get the answer from him. And you know what? Someone came into our office and gave us a check for $30,000. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. So the Bible says, you know, shout to the mountain. So you, you become one with the person that you are associated with. How many of you ever met a celebrity? You ever met a celebrity, been in close contact with a celebrity? Rudy, yeah, Raina. Don't you just feel good when you're near them? You feel like you're just like them, you know? If they were an actor, then you're, you're like an actor. If they're a great athlete, you know, I can do what they can do. <laughs> so I've, I've come in contact with some people like that, and I just feel good about myself because the same spirit they have gets on you, the same success and the victories they have. But guess what? How much more when we get closer to God that we pick up and uh, have his spirit come upon us. So the first thing is to worship God. How to be one with God? Worship him. The second one is, and Aurelia is going to read that. 
fellowship. How to be one with God. Yeah. <clears throat> May the grace of the Lord Jesus <clears throat> and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Yes. So it says we're supposed to fellowship with who? The Holy Spirit. God's in heaven. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. And so the Holy Spirit is here for us to fellowship. You know what fellowship is, right? Two fellows in the same ship. I mean, he's close to you. He's with you. He wants to talk to you. He wants to be your friend. And the more that we do that, the more that he wants to talk to us and make us a part of his life. And he knows which way we're going. He knows where he wants to take us. So we have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. I don't know if we have a picture of this. Uh, yeah, see? But see, the amazing thing is the Holy Spirit to us is invisible, right? So you say, how can you fellowship with something you can't see? But you can feel him and you can hear him. And he's on the inside of you. And the more you develop your spirit, he starts talking to you. In fact, I'm at the point now, and I, I've told this to people before. If you want to let the Holy Spirit talk to you, just get in a quiet place and get a pen and a pencil and just say, Lord, speak to me. I want to know uh, about this. And you write it down. Then you let him speak through you, through your hands, and you just write down what you think he's saying. And then after a while, and you look at it and go, well, you know, some, some's yes, something's good. Maybe that's him, maybe that's not him. But after a while, you develop kind of a, uh, an avenue of his speaking to you. You don't need the pen anymore. You can just, I can just sit, and all of a sudden, I can feel him on me, and then he starts telling me, dictating to me what he wants me to do. It's a wonderful thing. He wants to have fellowship with us. That's why he created us, for fellowship. You don't think he just created us and said, okay, you know, just do what you can, make, do the best you can, and I'll see you when you get up here. No, he wants to fellowship with us. Praise the Lord. And the last one, Marion has this one, how to be one with God. Let's see it. John 5, 19. The son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the father do. For whatever he does, the son also does. Jesus said, I can do nothing of myself. Isn't that crazy? How can he do nothing of himself? He is the son of God. But he's taking directions from the Father. So if we learn from that, guess what? We can do nothing of ourselves. Why do we think that we're so hot? <laughs> I got it. I got it right here. Nah. No problem. <laughs> no, he, I can do nothing. But what I see my Father do, I do. For whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. Let me ask you something. Who fed the 5,000? Let me see the picture here. Who fed the 5,000? Anybody know? The disciples fed the 5,000. Jesus multiplied the fishes, but he used the disciples to pass out, what, the loaves and the fishes. He wants to use you in this life. And you know what? The disciples, he wanted them to partake of the miracle. So when he multiplied the loaves and the fishes, he says, now take the baskets out and feed the people. So they would go and they would reach in there and they'd get a fish and they'd feed it and they'd look back and they go, what, there's more <laughs> Yeah, and even more. Whoa! Jesus wants you to be a partaker of the miracles that, possess, that, that he possesses through us. When you pray for somebody for salvation, when you pray for somebody for healing, when you pray for someone to have a peace of mind, all these things, God says, I want to use you. I want to partner with you. All I need to have is a willing heart and someone that is willing to listen and lean on my understanding
And so as we do these things, these three things, worship the Lord, we become one with him, we are what we worship. Fellowship, when we fellowship with him, we uh, obtain his spirit. And when we partner with him, we learn more about him day by day. Amen? Let's bow our heads and pray. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for allowing us to be a part of this life here on earth, that you're taking control over us, and that, Father, as we yield ourselves to you, we will see the glory of God manifested in our lives, and that you'll be pleased and you'll be glorified in all that we do. So for this, we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.